you dumb, beautiful fucker. Who wants to be in America's slash fit with Abraham Lincoln? Louisiana Purchase, that's a name. You need to really get off my balls, okay? I'm gonna kick your ass. Also, why was Michelangelo so stinky? Ew. everyone welcome to episode 245 of the Augie here podcast i'll be your host today patrick and joining me today are my two crackling co-hosts i am now in the year 2222 the seventh year after great oblaclon took over earth i am here my name colt crap dang it this freaking sucks i'm wenzel yeah the year sucks uh it's pretty bad. Um, yeah. You gotta give us some breathing and we're, oh, as of recording. We're eight days into it. Oh, oh. Oh, no, 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 no. I know. I, I thought we were talking about this fictional... Two, you said 2,222. I thought we were talking about the fictional, you know... Oh, shit. I forgot. I, like, I lost... I left that bit as soon as I finished it. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. That's... Sometimes I just do that. I'll just be like, all right, I'm done with that. Bye. Well... Like, you, you totally set one's up for a bit, you know, he was ready to yes and you, and you're just like, nah, well, it's I mean, over, it's done. Yeah, like, come on, that's why I said, crap, dang it, this frickin' sucks, because, Oh, you know. fuck, I'm sorry, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Winslow had a whole bit prepared where the the, the the populace of the world just has to, like, tickle the balls of the, the great demon overlord Oberon. Yeah. Ah. And then I have to go back in time. I can't believe Tom Cruise was right. This whole time, this whole time we should have been getting our Theons ready or whatever. You got to put twenty dollars into this piggy bank, and I'll give you the ability to talk to God. Thetan level. That's what it was. Thetan. <laughs> Damn, I can't believe Tom Cruise was right. You know, he, he's fucking those fish, and that was a that was a sign to get ready. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to breed with the Xenu people. Yeah, because uh, they're aquatic, possibly. I don't know, man. All of it's just sci-fi. Um, yeah. So, twenty twenty-two hasn't been too bad, um, so far. Yeah, we're a little over a week into twenty twenty-two, and there hasn't been any insurrections. So, so good so far. Oh yeah, you know, nothing's happened yet. Like it just feels like nothing's happened. Exactly that. And, I mean, that's kind of good, but also kind of bad. Well, I should say, I guess in terms of stuff happening is, like, you know, COVID's getting worse. Oh, COVID's gotten way worse. Like, uh, we, l- let me look at the numbers. Oh, hold on. Hold on. My number calculator's fucked up. Oh, my God. Colt is Says we're in the negative. See, he's saying, like, people are coming back to life. Okay. They're coming back to life to die of COVID again. Fuck. We've had, like, not a day o- under 500,000 in, like, a week and a half. Uh, in the U.S., at least. It's uh, new cases. Fuck. I'm scared. Make sure to take your ivermectin. You'll be fine. 
Yeah, I'll inject it straight into my eyeballs, make them bigger so I can see the particles in the air. If you, if you take enough horse medicine, you'll activate the Nisharan gun. You can literally see the COVID spike balls float in the air, and you can dodge them. Yep, yep. That's how, that's how it'd be. You you pull a you pull, um, you know. So you do that with your Sharon gun, but then also you can pull a Neo and dodge them like bullets. Yeah. yeah. Oh, here's another fun uh, food for your thought. Uh, these are just cases of people actually going to the doctor. So just think about all those people that are not going into the doctor after they have weird symptoms. Merry Christmas. Merry Chrysler. Merry Crisis. But, you know, let a YCH be a little bit of a salve, a balm even, to your woes of the world where you can forget about the crushing existential dread for about an hour, an hour and a half, you know, once a week, uh, twice a week if you live in the case of greatness, on Thursdays at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. Now, nah, I'm going to remind you how much fucking jobs suck. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> so... Um, oh, just because Wenzel's miserable at his job, he's got to rain on the parade to everyone else. Well, you know, I just thought since this is kind of a banter episode, I should talk about where I kind of where more so about where I've been for the past fucking like September. So it was like four months. I guess it's been four months since I've since I've been working there. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna get right into it. Uh, it fucking sucks. Um. It's terrible. It's awful. Uh, this isn't the entire workforce, but uh, this job specifically, and as uh, the other lads know, has been goddamn just fucking awful. Um, so, like, first job ever, and it's a shit job. Um, <laughs> like, I've heard all about it pretty much every week uh, whenever we have time to play Fortnite. Wins will just, like, says like I don't want to do this no more. Like pretty much. It, because it su- it sucks so much because like I hate the fact that like I'm, I'm almost talking about it every day or every week and I'm just like I'm just always so fucking just worn out, exhausted, mentally exhausted, so fucking bad. It's so fucking bad. And it's it's so it's so shitty. I like I, I don't want to say too much, but also I'm like I don't fucking care anymore because like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the pizza people might be listening, Wenzel. You, you, well, you know, it'd be so funny if they if they listen to this and they're like, Wenzel, how could you say this stuff about us? And it's like, this is my two week notice. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah, this, this is how you give your notice at your at your job. You just say it's, it on your podcast. It's on a podcast. Like, hey, it's up to them to find out. Yeah, no. Uh, which is so funny because my dad keeps saying, like, you know what? Why don't you just just like very secretly put out a two week notice, and then one day you don't show up for work, and you just say, "Hey, why the fuck did you guys read my two week notice? You fucking dumbasses!" Like that's what my dad wants me to do. <laughs> For no reason. You know what? You should put in your two-week notice right now and then start suggesting the podcast to people at work and saying, like, you know what? You should listen to this boss person. Just listen to it. Just listen to it. because it's got some t- important info. Because let me tell you, my my bosses, um, so there's 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 two of them. They're the owners. Jesus Christ. This is maybe getting a little bit too in-depth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So one of them is just a huge, huge huge piece of absolute fucking shit um so yeah <laughs> uh and they have been they have been just working everybody including um 
my manager just to fucking death. And, you know, and I fucking, it, because labor costs, and I fuck, one of the things that, like, I hate, I hate, I fucking hate to hear, and it's always bullshit because you'll hear people say, like, oh, well, you know, I could see both sides. That argument of, like, oh, I could see both sides when really they only see one fucking side and they're going to be on that fucking side, even though they say they can walk the middle of an issue. Like, okay, so whenever it was, like, we were talking about how shitty it was that, you know, there's only uh, <laughs> one person working during a fucking long-ass shift. Uh, really, really fucking bad. Um, they were talking about labor costs, and it was like, well, I can see both issues. It's like, oh, but you're only looking at the company, the corporate side, where you're not, like, you say you see both issues, see both sides of the issue, yet you're on the side of you know what's best for the company like okay not what's best for the employees or you know the people the people actually working it. here so like yeah okay you you know you walk them you walk the middle line but you're really walking one side but okay all right cool yeah centrist is i like to call them cowards like 100 baby because like i mean it's bullshit like don't say that i hate i like I, like i mean you're everybody has a fucking bias um and like like when people pull that bullshit especially for like stuff like this where it's like you know like <laughs> like it's not just it, it, ah, it's ah, ah, oh, oh my god i'm going fucking insane working here um like holy shit it is so fucking exhausting oh my god and i don't know if i can work in a like for real like like, I told Colt this last night because we were playing Fortnite. It's like, unless I'm playing a video game with Colt, because it's kind of like, like, I mean, having somebody else there is, like, really, like, brings me into, like, being relaxed and stuff. But if it's just me, I can never, I can never fucking just sit down, like, especially now with the new year. Like, I cannot just sit down and read, sit down and watch a movie or do any of the shit that I like because I'm so fucking stressed out that, oh, I'm going to get a fucking call and saying, come in, or I'm going to get an angry text saying, oh, why wasn't this done? Why wasn't this done? Blah, 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 blah. It's the fucking end of the world. Oh, my God, why wasn't this done? Why wasn't this done? Like, I'm, I'm just so afraid. Even though I have these three days off, but the thing is is that I've barely had a day off. Like, like I'll, be, I'll get a day off, but then the next thing I know, it's not a day off. I have to come into fucking work. Because there's not enough people to work. And the thing is, too, is, like, they would hire more people, but they can't because they don't want to fucking pay anybody. Because they're so fucking worried about labor costs. And it's like, well, fucking shit. If you don't have the money to pay your employees, then maybe you shouldn't be in business. I mean, yeah. That's kind of the bottom line. I mean, the, and the thing is, too, is that, like, oh, my God, it would just be, like, and it makes me so fucking sad because I actually... It's so fucking funny because they have me doing so much because, like, I'm not trying to, like, stroke my ego or anything, but apparently I'm fucking good, but also I'm fucking bad because, th okay, this is, sorry, so more to this fucking rant, um, they would get on to me for shit, and then they'd be like, but we understand that this is your first job ever, and this is your first time working in the food industry. Well, like, no fucking... Why do you have you as a manager? Like, well, no fucking shit. This is my first time, so get off my fucking ass about it. Jesus Christ, if you know this, then shut the fuck up. Cut me some slack. Oh, my God. Like, because they'll get on to me for such, for such stupid shit, and then 
like there's so much responsibility and I'm like I, like because there was there were certain things that I didn't know I had power or judgment over and the next thing I know is that I do have it and it's like well how the fuck was I supposed to know nobody gave me a document explaining everything that I have like that are part of my duties like I don't know <laughs> how am I supposed to know yeah, and then they say like, "Oh well, you know, blah blah blah." Like we understand. Like, well, no, you fucking don't, because you're still getting on to me this sh about this shit. And, oh my god, where? What was I gonna say originally? Too, I forgot. Um, I completely lost my train of thought now, <laughs> because it's such a fucking wild. Uh, it's just a fucking wild ride. Um, like, oh, sorry, what I was gonna say. Um, yeah, so they have me doing so much stuff because I'm really good at it. Like, okay, so I work at a pizza place. So, um, so first, like, whenever I made dough. They were like, oh, my God, it's perfect. Like, it's so good. You have to make dough from now on. So, guess who – like, everybody gets to, gets a chance to make dough. If I'm not there, then they have to make dough. But, like, if I'm there, they're like, you have to make dough. Like, because you just make it so good. Um, so, like, I make dough really good. Um, I make the sauce really good, even though that doesn't really make any sense because there's a literally a recipe on the wall of how to make it. Same thing with the dough. Um I'm trying to think. Um, also, when it comes to customer service, they're like, they're like, Winslow, you talk to the customer. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, and usually I do a good fucking job because A, I'm genuine. B, I'm honest. And C, I don't like, I don't know. I don't hate humans. I don't hate people because that's what my manager, my boss tells me is that they just hate, they just hate people. They just, they hate fucking people. They hate human beings so fucking much. And I'm like, well, Jesus Christ, why are you in the fucking, why are you working in this industry then? And they're like, but we're really goddamn good at it. And I'm like, oh my God, no, you're not. If you're, mm, oh my God. Uh, but because like, because there'll be instances where they'll just be like, they just don't want to talk to the fucking customer. They're just annoyed. And I get it. Like the customer, sometimes there's customers that can be real. You just, you know, nasty pieces of shits. But honestly, it's like, you know, I, I, I don't care. Like I'll talk to them and you know, if they're just going to be that way, they're going to be that way. And I just let it go and it's whatever. And like, uh, but even then, like I try to be nice and honest and forward as possible. And that's usually, I mean, that's usually we'll get, like, people come back in who are, like, you know, we came back in for you. Like, they'll ask me, like, do you do you own this place? I'm like, no. <laughs> like, I do not own this place. Uh, like, we get so many regulars that come back in. Um, you know, I mean, there's so many people who come in. I know their names. Uh, they remember me. Like I said, my name. They they remember the music I play. Like, it's just, it's, a like, that part I really do enjoy about it. But... <sighs> I gotta save myself, man. This place fucking sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> yeah, what I've learned is, well, before you even got the job, I never wanted a job in customer service because that's the one thing that uh, people across the world say is fucking sucks. Uh, the thought of working customer service is terrifying, and I would eventually, I'd lose my mind. I'd say suck my nuts to people getting angry at me or getting aggressive with me. And like, I get it. They're probably having a bad day. But just sniff my nuts. I don't have time for this. No, there there have been some customers who are like, like I said, don't get me wrong, they're just being like real assholes, just pieces of shits. And I mean, yeah, you know, just suck my nuts. There was a Wendell's uh, fuck this shit, I'm out corner. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, you, you listened to a live dissertation of Wenzel quitting his job in advance. 
Yeah, pretty much. Because <laughs> fuck, man, this sucks. Like, oh my god. And then also too, <laughs> just know. So tomorrow, Sunday, the ninth, we go back to normal hours tomorrow. Which tomorrow we usually we close at ten still. But if you, but for those who are wondering, um, so from Monday until Thursday, we open at eleven and close at twelve thirty a.m. And then demented, Fri- absolutely fucked th- up. Then Friday and Saturday we close at. We well, sorry, I should take. I should say Friday we open at eleven still, but we close at two thirty, and then Saturday we open at ten and close at two thirty a.m. That just, seems like terrible for everyone involved. And um, and yeah, it's uh, and the reason being is that on Wednesday classes at the university start back up, and the dorms open tomorrow, so all the college kids were will be back. And, um, yeah, I don't want to do any of this fucking shit. I don't want to. You know, just quit this week. Just quit. What are they going to do, stop you? Nah. Wenzel, never forget that shirt I gave you about the skeleton running away. Just hit the bricks. I know. I look at it. I have it out every day, and I look at it, (laughs) and I think I really should follow what this says. Words to live by. Just hit the bricks. If you're not enjoying it, just leave. (sighs) Well, I'm going to leave now. All right. Bye bye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's Wenzel's. Um, man, what a f- you know, twenty twenty one. What a year. Just what a fuck. So yeah, that was uh, Wenzel's workplace went. Who else got some twenty twenty two news to kick us off with? You know, it'd be really funny if you kept that part where you said that was Wenzel's workplace rant. But then you cut out all of my rant, so it's literally just me like starting, and then there's just nothing, and then it's just that. <laughs> that would be a good. That'd bit. be a very good bit. <laughs> but uh, Colt, you have anything? Uh, like news wise, like nothing has fucking changed. I feel like I've been doing the exact same shit for two <coughs> years now. It's not bad. I'm still keeping occupied by like watching movies, reading, playing games. But it just feels like I'm doing the exact same thing, having fun, uh, getting uh, wrapped up in video games, movies, and then uh, 10 minutes checking my phone, the dread instantly hits, because as soon as you're on Twitter, it's nothing but hell, and COVID, blah, 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 stuff like that. But uh, media-wise, I've been consuming. I've been eating shit up. I've been gobbling that Dookie Plops right every day. So far, I've seen one, at least one movie every single day of the year, and I'm gonna try to make it a whole month where I watch one movie for, at least one movie for every day of the year. Not every day of the year, every day of the first month. (laughs) Every day of the first month. Jesus Christ. You're fucking crazy. And if I fail, I'll just, like, move it to a different month, and I'll try it again there. Colt watched, like, three movies the first day of New Year's. Yeah. Yeah, I've been a busy, busy little bee. I mean, you know, I'm just going to go and tell you what I watched. I watched Quiet Place Part 2, which if you like the first one, you'll like that. Watched Predator 2. Fucking sucked. It was not good. Uh, I watched Summon of the Gods. Amazing animated movie. Absolutely stunning. Give it a watch. It's uh, like normal anime, but it's French. It's strange. I watched Minority Report. Uh, It's fine. Uh, it's just strange. It's weird gave- seeing what early 2000s people thought the future would look like. You gave it a heart, so you loved it. I did enjoy it. I thought the like the mystery part of it was very fun. But other than that, it was weird. 
Uh, don't look up. I finally watched that. I, saw, I had enough of the fucking TikToks blown up where old people were like, "This sucked. This fucking was garbage." And after watching it, I realized it's not bad. I enjoyed it. It's sad, a hundred percent. And I think like a majority of the people that dislike it probably dislike it because they're shitheads. But then the other people that dislike it probably because it is very depressing and kind of on the nose in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's what I've that's what I've heard criticism about it. It's just it's too on the nose. Um, and when it comes to like being kind of it's just not funny. Uh, some some of it I don't think not, it's meant to be funny. Well, there's like because I've seen where it's like there's like supposed to be like really like comedic bits and they're just not really that funny, except for like Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill's the one that I thought like that's not funny. I just maybe, got annoyed with Jonah Hill's. Well, maybe character. it was maybe it was him. Or I don't know. I don't know. It's different. Comedy's different for everyone. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, four stars. Uh, don't want to watch it again, but it was great. I watched Words Bubble Up Black Soda Pop. Beautifully animated movie. Uh, it's something you've most likely seen already before. Learn to love yourself. Uh, love story at the end. It makes me feel empty at the end. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Because, yeah, it's like, it's like, you know what? It's so nice being a high schooler in love. And while I'm over here, 22 years old, staring at the fucking black screen in my reflection, uh, sweating. <laughs> Fuck you. Cole is just like the meme of the stick figure, like covered in like heavy dark squiggles, just like drone music playing in the room. When someone walks in, how are you feeling, son? Just four stars. It was pretty good. <laughs> Uh, and then I watched Encanto finally because I, I saw people were like yip yip and Ray and, and it was really good. I really enjoyed Encanto. Can't confirm uh, Encanto was the last movie I watched, so 2021, and the first movie I watched in 2022, and I, I really liked it. It was It's definitely been one of my favorite Disneys in the, a while, and I really liked Luca when it came out before, and I really like Encanto. I love the soundtrack. It had some really fun songs to it, and really, of course, obviously, he cried every disney pixar uh movie but it's it's really good it's very sweet i need to watch and, it and uh like after watching Encanto, having that happy beautiful story i decided to watch beast no nation a movie about child soldiers <laughs> i was when colt said that he was watching it i was like man what a thing to watch on a wednesday afternoon like like i got off at 12 that day and then I ate lunch, and then I just said, you know what, time to watch my daily movie. And I was like, you know, let's watch this Child Soldier movie. And that's exactly what I did. Arrest Idris Elba for his role in this movie. <laughs> because well, Idris Elba went full method and committed actual war crimes. Ooh. I hope not. No, no, he did not. He did not. Well, that's a joke. That is a joke. That is me being <laughs> facetious. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, Idris Elba, man, his character is just like, fuck. You know, love Idris Elba, but oh my god! Uh, when I first watched this in 2015, I was horrified, but also I was like, "Holy shit! This is like amazing! This is an amazing, amazing film!" I when it got uh, Criterion treatment last year, I in immediately snatched that up. I was like, "I don't know if I would ever want to watch it again," um, but I feel like I should just because of how fucking good it is. Um, yeah, I, I it's on Netflix. You know, it was. Uh, that's where it premiered, or like that's what was specifically made um, for Netflix, and it's it's really good, really good. Content, uh, yeah, just, content warning. Just though. give yourself plenty of time to adjust to the aftermath. Yeah, 
and then after that, I decided to watch Tangerine, uh, a movie I've been meaning to watch for years because I remember too. when Tanner watched it and uh, he said it was pretty good. So I decided to finally watch it. I fucking love that shit. It's it's real life. Uh, the the Sean Baker, the director, is like it seems like I've only seen the Florida Project before this, and uh, the way he does his movies, it's, it's just real life people going through real life things. It's not necessarily big and bombastic. It's just done very well. And this is a movie about the two trans women living in L.A.? Yes, yes. It, I, I can't really go into the story without, like, kind of ruining it, so I'm not gonna. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's not much to ruin, but, like, yeah. that's the bit of it. But that's that's all you need. I mean, it, it, it sort of, re, re, you reserve the impact for the actual viewing. Because, yeah. Because yeah. Tanner, that's all Tanner told me. I need to watch it, because when Tanner recommended me, he was like, I, I know, he was like, I know Wenzel would love it, so I need I need to watch it. Man, that was that was 2017 when he said that. Ooh. Yeah, it's been a bit. I like. I thought it was earlier. Honestly, I thought it was like 2014, but no, it's not. It would. It's only came out in 2015. Yeah, I really want to watch Red Rocket. That's the one I have to see now. Yeah, yeah. We put a, a we place a self self imposed embargo just so that everybody we can all watch it together when it comes out on streaming in February. We planned like a kind of a, a big movie night of what the more like upscale independent movies for, for some point in this early part of the year yeah because we met because so much shit came out last year and we never got to fucking watch it it never came if it like if it did come to a theater we couldn't see it because one of us i.e me was working a very shitty job <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was working <laughs> but now to be fair though i think like from our list i, I can only think of like one movie that actually came to theaters, but we just, I never got around to, me and Colt never got around to seeing it, which was, I think, The Night House. Yeah, yeah, we never got to. Every Everything else on there, though, never came to any theater near us. Never. Yeah, well, I, we'll get to it eventually. I mean, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, uh, hopefully. Next on my movie list, though, is The Night is Short, Walk on Girl, directed by Masaki Yuasa, the amazing director of Devil May Cry Baby, Japan sinks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This movie fucking ruled. I think everyone in our group would love it, uh, 100%. It's about a girl uh, adventuring through the nights, just getting drunk and crunk, and then just <laughs> the shenanigans that follow afterwards. It's pretty fucking fun. Yeah, it, it looks beautiful. I, I have it on Blu-ray. I Again, another film that like I've been meaning to watch, and there was even a bit, I can't remember which Christmas, it might have been 2019, um, where we, we were all... T- me, Tanner, and Colt were almost gonna buy each other the Blu-ray for it and give it to each other for that Christmas. Which it someone be- got me it for that Christmas. So like, yeah, I want to say somebody got it yeah. at that Christmas. So you got it and I got it. That's that's a good bit though. Yeah, very good. And last night I watched the worst movie so far this year. Uh, sadly, because I fucking love this series. It's all my art. It's the Monster Hunter Legends of the Guild. And when I say this movie fucking sucked. It fucking was not good. It was boring, insanely forgettable, and it was butt-fucking-ugly with the most atrocious animation. That animation, the the poster that's on Letterboxd, that, that's something. That ain't nothing. That poster looks fine compared that poster to what looks actually... shit. And compared to what the fuck's going on. Like, the best part of the Monster Hunter movie, it's only an hour long... Is the monsters, thankfully, because it's fucking Monster Hunter. Uh, but the player models, they're fucking ugly. They're nasty. Player models. Oh, that's what they 
the humans or whatever. It, it's not, not great. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't look great. But that's my movie so far this year. Uh, I've watched 11 movies. Colt's definitely ahead on point when it comes to the movie watching this year. Hell yeah. Curious how you'd like the, the live-action Monster Hunter because it wasn't bad. I mean, the def- considering how it was sex up to this... The Netflix one. This seems like it's a five star movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it eventually. I love Monster Hunter, so I'm gonna have to fucking watch it. Sounds like I, I'm a little sad about it, but I'm not really. <laughs> I'm pretty excited for it. A couple of dubious adaptations doesn't spoil that whole bunch. I mean, nah. you have like all these huge games. Yeah, Colt could definitely tackle any giant monster and have it down within moments. Probably, I could do it easily with the choicest meat ready to go. Just put me in the woods with a pocket knife, and I'll kill a bear. That's not true. Do not do that. Please do not kidnap me. <laughs> I was about put to say, this bear. this guy uh, has been having major... You're already throwing the gauntlet, Colt. Oh, my God. He's had major back problems this past year. Please don't. <laughs> I am, I've been suffering for a fucking year, and I'm finally getting to a point where I'm feeling comfortable enough to fucking build a model kit that I've been itching to build for eight fucking months. And I finally finished it yesterday. That's also another thing I did. I love models, man. Just haven't been able to build it was the GP Rosin 210. Yes, yep. absolutely sick. Real really fun little bad boy. Really sick uh, kit. Basically like a ogre in Gundam form. It's super sick. Yes. But uh, what about you, Patrick, yeah. and Wenzel? Oh, Wenzel, um, you haven't done it. Oh, my bad. Aw, don't <laughs> say that. I've done something. Some stuff. As for me, uh, a little, little short on the movie watching, but then we've been kind of uh, a little busy at the art house. We... We were hosting a bride and groom to be because uh, as of this recording, our two good friends they have gotten married, and uh, we were at their wedding uh, earlier in, on the weekend, and it was a, a blast. We went up to Shelby, Alabama, which is like an hour and fifteen uh, out of outside of our hometown, to uh, Sterling Castle, which is a castle kind of in the middle of nowhere. But it's a gorgeous place. I don't know, Colt Winslow, if you got to see any of my Snapchat for over the week of the castle and the wedding. Oh, damn, this is a beautiful house. Castle. Yep. So um, they got married at the wedding, and um, we had a, a great time. Uh, JoJo was actually uh, the officiant of the wedding. They actually, you know, led the ceremony and you know, officiated, you know, the wedding and their official uh, marriage. So it, it was a beautiful ceremony. The castle and the grounds are gorgeous. And uh, they went all out for this wedding. Like, the food was amazing. We we ate till we were stuffed. Like, some of the best vegetables, best chicken, best seafood. Like, no expense was spared. Like, literally, the end of the, the night when we're holding up the, the sparklers for uh, Tanner and their, and uh, his wife at their end of their ceremony, uh, after they walked through the arts of the sparklers, they shot off fireworks at the end. Like, it was crazy wow. wow so it sounds like tanner has to step it the fuck up we do this <laughs> wedding well, tanner get divorced so we can do this again dang <laughs> dang that's awesome though pat that's awesome it was great it was a uh canon and jojo and i were talking it's like hey wh- how much would it cost to rent out just for like a party just for like a night just for like the, <laughs> the, the party here in the palace okay they'd be pretty pretty fun because it, it was so funny when we when we were at the reception and they had like obviously like the bride and groom, all all of us, their friends, and then like of course their family. But then like 
pretty much the, the second they turned on the music and all of the friends, all of us got up and started dancing, like the family got up and left. Like they, they cut out pretty quick, let's just say. Uh, wow. wow. It sounds like we got some boring losers. Sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we were just like cutting the rug and having a great time. Oh, also forgot Cannon was the, the flower man at the wedding. Oh, Ooh, nice. Shooting out flowers. Yeah. Yeah, because um, Liz was the uh, the best ma'am uh, for for the bride. Liz, Liz looked so good in her. like It was like a wine-colored tux. She looked gorgeous. And Cannon came out to the power of love from Back to the Future. Oh, hell yeah. And he's like throw, he's throwing out uh, the rose petals to the beats and music. He did a great job. He he definitely like played up. He did a great job for his part. <laughs> Fuck yeah! And it's like it was like it was like damn, this is great. And what's even better is that we got to take home a lot of the food. <laughs> yeah. Did you get to take it home, or did you just take it home? <laughs> uh, no, they they let us take it. Though we probably would have just. Taking it. <laughs> yeah, legally they let you take it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Did yeah, you take you, it to bed? Now, some of the food was so good we might have. Oh! I'm not a big fan of grits. I know I'm a, I grew up in the South. I'm not a big fan of grits. But their shrimp and grits was real good, especially the shrimp. Like 10 out of 10 fucking shrimp. That sounds um, like a weird ass combo. That sounds like a weird combo. I'm not a fan of grits either. But shrimp and grits is like, it's a, it's a thing. It's definitely, it's not just like, oh, this is a, something they decided to be frisky with. <laughs> and what was funny is that there's all these different like little dishes they had. You know, they had like chicken and waffles. They've had salad. They had green beans, broccoli, like a bunch of stuff. And like, eat, there's like one little dish that everybody in our group was like i'm not a big fan on x thing but the way they made it for the wedding was like holy shit i don't like this food but this tastes amazing the poggers yeah so <laughs> poggers. so it, it it was a fantastic wedding and it's like you know what your people are only allowed to get it married at castles now or just don't even bother <laughs> damn all right fuck yeah, you tanner tanner it sounds like uh your wedding fucking sucked redo it you piece of shit <laughs> Yes, all right. Yeah, Valerie, you know, Valerie Newell's come up in, you know, a year or so after. Just, just, just put this castle. It's, it's, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> but please uh, get a ping pong table. Yeah, I've seen just a, just a handful of movies to, to touch on that real quick. I watched rewatching Kanto. Still get us the first time. Loved it. I watched a Giallo for the first time uh, in the new year. Giallo being like this Italian subgenre of like horror films. It basically is from this type of film that what we know to be American slashers and kind of horror in general in America was sort of inspired by. So it's interesting to see like this genealogy of of film kind of kind of traced back to these types of uh, films. Called uh, one I watched was Blood and Black Lace, and it was a it was a very interesting movie. Obviously, like it's a it's an older film. It's from like nineteen sixty four. So there might be some stuff that's a little like you know silly in terms of like the effects and the acting is a little over the top, but I just really enjoyed the the sort of clue like aspect of the murder mystery and how each character involved is like it's it's like it's like you need a spider web like a Charlie Day meme spider web to keep track of like all the different people and all their different reasonings for like wanting to be involved and as like the party slowly dwindles from the killer. Uh, tracking folks down, but I really enjoyed it. I watched a movie on Netflix uh, called Herod's Law. It's a Spanish language film. And it's a, it's a comedy that like gradually becomes a very dark comedy. It's about a, um, 
sort of political plot that gets kicked off, and um, they hire like this this hapless idiot to be the mayor of like this far flung little town in Mexico that has had like just a string of just like politically corrupt mayors, and it shows like his journey from being just like a, a, a numbskull to like being an a genuine monster but the whole thing is played for comedy and it is really funny but seeing how far he goes it might be a little hard to laugh at some of the stuff he does especially how like there's just a, a, a funny little tune that that plays over uh, over and over the course of the film like a motif on some of his shit so like it it might be a little hard to swallow some of the the more heinous crimes he does, but it's a, a really good movie. And it has like some cromulent things to say about political corruption, general futility of the world and um, just how unfair it could be. So if you have a certain mindset, I would recommend that. Um, but the one I enjoyed the most was a horror film called the horror express from um, the hammer studios in England. Well, like, one of the most famous horror studios had Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. The, yep. Um, all these like uh, high ranked beloved British actors. And it's pretty obviously based off a novella that inspired the thing. Cause it's about this um, creature that's discovered in, in the trans Siberian Arctic and how it's sort of woken up and escapes and like it's slowly ab- assuming the um, knowledge and abilities and memories and appearances of the people on this train. So it's kind of like a like a murder mystery game, but also there's this vampiric monster ape thing, and I I, re- I really enjoyed it. So you you definitely have to have an appreciation for like older films and like early practical effects. But I I really enjoyed myself. It was it was a great time. Although, if you have a chance to watch it, don't watch it on Tubi because it looks like it was ripped off of, like, a boot because that quality <laughs> is so bad. Oh. Go watch it on Shudder or somewhere else. The quality is much better. All right. It sounds like a good time. I recommend it. You know, just no going in. There's, you know, it's from the early 70s, so, like, some of the effects are a little wonky, but the performances are great. Like, Christopher Lee is, like... Also, I didn't realize how fucking tall Christopher Lee was in his youth. Like, he's, like... I swear, like, 6'5", or something. He's stupid tall. Yeah, he's tall. And he looks nothing like his old version. It's fucking weird. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's crazy. There's a great bit in in the Horror Express where, like, the station master is kind of giving him a hard time. It's like, I don't have your ticket, sir. You need to fuck off. And then Peter Cushing arrives and kind of, like, helps smooth over the, the, the problem with money. And then, without breaking his, like, sort of stoic demeanor, Christopher Lee looks at the station master and says, I'm glad we were able to reach a resolution to this problem, sir. And then just knocks everything off the dude's desk, just throws it to the ground, <laughs> and then walks out. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's, uh, that's just Christopher Lee being pissed. <laughs> yeah, that, that wasn't in the script. He just got mad and just started off to set. They had to tell him, Chris, it's just a movie. It's just a movie. <laughs> and then he stabbed the guy in the back, and then uh, he explained how men die like that. Fuck. Thank you, Christopher Lee. Thank you, Christopher Lee. Thank you, Christopher Lee, for your service in killing Nazis. Yep. And that's not a bit. He actually did that. Yeah, he did that. Christopher Lee really killed a Nazi? Yeah, he really killed a Nazi because there's that story from them filming of uh, Return of the King where um, 
it's a deleted scene where Grima Wormtongue was supposed to stab Christopher Lee's character Saruman in the back, and like, okay, Grima's gonna stab you in the back, and you're gonna scream. And Christopher Lee's like, well, no, when when a man is stabbed in the back, there's actually is no sound because uh, all the air leaves their lung once they're stabbed. It's like, oh yeah, by the way, I was in like the British Secret Services when he like actually hunted down and killed Nazi officers. Jesus fuck, I did not know that. Yeah. Yep. Huh. And it's a it's a pretty famous story. Fuck, that's badass, Christopher Lee. Yeah. Rest in peace. R.I.P. to a fucking king. Yeah. Really. Uh, you know, it, it's funny because when he uh, in the Dracula movies, he really looks like. Uh, so if you look at him, you know, he looks like Christopher Lee just without the beard. Um, but like in anything else, it's like I, I I can't you know recognize him as younger younger I should say yeah I like I knew he was in the movie but it took me a second to recognize him because like he's you know obviously younger like he like black haired and has like grain um, temples and but he has like a really big mustache too it's like oh wait hold on who's this mustache chap and it's like oh that's Christopher Lee wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so four in for twenty twenty two movies so far and. Uh, Hopefully, in the next week, the Art House gang and I, we could wrap up our rewatch of Scream, because Scream will be coming out, the new Scream will be coming out very soon, and Word on the Street did, it's really, really good so far. Pog. Poggers. Hell yeah. All right, we're going to take a break real quick, and we'll get right back to what we went up to for the start of 2022. Hang tight. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Part two here of our 2022 opening night. Uh, we'll just get back to what we've been up to in the first part of this year and a little bit of last year. What what, what went on after the last episode of 2021 aired. So who'll have to go next? I will have to. I have to. But before I... Right, we're starting to circle over, starting around again. But before Wednesday. I go back to the past, let me talk about the present. Because I sent a picture in our group chat. Because there is a poster... <laughs> A letterbox poster of a movie called Benedetta, and it caught me real off guard with that little uh, nip slip. I don't understand the point. I don't know the plot of this movie, so. I don't either, but it's there, and I'm just like, huh, what a revealing poster. A very, very revealing poster. Just for that. It's not uh, the full tit. It's just like, it's not even the full nipple. It's just. Just a little middle. bit of a nipple. Apparently, because I have seen a few people on my timeline talk about it, not many, but came out last year. Uh, by Paul Verhoeven, and the letterbox synopsis reads as, In the late 17th century, a, the, with plague raging the land, Benedetta Carlini joins the, the convent in Pescia, Tuscany, as a novice. Capable from an early age of performing miracles, Benedetta's impact on the life and community is immediate and momentous. I'm just thinking, people are just horny for her. What? That doesn't sound like what the poster shows at all. That's not. That's not like it sounds like it's a drama. But this sound, the, the poster looks like it's like horny. <laughs> I mean, I I wish JoJo here would talk about it because they would discuss the movie they watched, The Devils, um, which is like this old horror film that's like loosely based on a true story about like a priest that was such a fucking chad and slang so much dick 
that he upturned an entire church. Like, all the nuns were just, like, so horny for him. And it just got so wild and uh, depraved that the literal king and government had to get involved to stop his fucking. (laughs) So, yeah, (laughs) that's good shit. (laughs) Yeah, that's very good. That's also in 17th century as well, huh? All right. Got busy back then. They got real busy. That was the time. That was the time to to just release all your sexual repression. Man, I wish I was born back then. I do not. I do not. Well, it, it, it says Benedetta takes place during a plague. So maybe during COVID, there will be some churches that just get freaky deaky and just start having, you know, wild freeing orgies. I mean, that's the thing with every huge plague that I know of, like, there's always a huge bounce back that happens. So I'm I'm praying. I'm praying every night. I just want it to be good. <laughs> just like, please, please, God, send me a horny nun. I don't want to break anybody's religious vows, okay, Patrick? I'm not that kind of person. Okay, just an OnlyFans account where the gimmick is a nun. All right, we can work with that. <laughs> but it's literally the nun just reading Bible verses. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Surprisingly, she has a huge following. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually like a very soothing account. I think one of the Hopkins podcasts on Apple is literally just like this Chad of a priest like reading the Bible. What? <laughs> you know what? Fuck. What the fuck? Because I was, I was just looking at the top 10 podcasts to see like, hey, what's on there? And within the top 10, it's just like you just see the Bible or whatever. But like the priest is like this kind of like square jawed, blue eyed, handsome priest. And it's like... I think people are just horny for this priest. Yeah, you know, I was gonna, I was gonna say like, yeah, that OnlyFans nun. It's just, it's, a, it's pseudo sexual. It's just everybody's really horny for the nun. But you know, like she's taking it one hundred percent seriously. But everyone else is getting horny to it. You didn't read the fine print where uh, she says that I'll send you a fart if you send me forty bucks. <laughs> yeah, but, but be careful. It'd be like the other girl who was like farting for money and she gave herself a heart attack. Oh, I didn't even yeah. read into it. I just read the headline. I'm assuming she ate unhealthy food and it messed with her. No, I'm going to say she she just farted real hard and gave her heart, herself a heart attack. You know, that's possible. She was just straining so hard to get those farts out because those those requests were coming just at a clip. And just like, oh, fuck, I got to stay on my quota. And then she just overexerted yeah, herself. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious, like, in that situation, when you were making your jarred farts, do you ever just, like, accidentally push the yard? Do you shart? And do you charge extra if you do? <laughs> it's like, hey, guy, I'm sorry. I, I farted a little too hard. There's a little bit of schmutz in the jar. I hope you don't mind. And the other guy's like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, Jesus Christ. What? What? What is this? 2022 is <laughs> wild so far. I'll say that. 2022 is so fucking wild right now. And, yep. And we got horny nuns and farts in jars. So I'm going to talk you. about, um, I'm now going to talk about the movies that I watched but I didn't watch. It. I haven't watched any movies this year. Again, I want to watch some movies, but work is just stressing me so uh, so much out that like I, I just I don't know. I can do anything. All I can do is stare at a fucking wall. That's all I can do. Um, yeah, because that's what adults do, Wendell. They what, just stare at a wall until they die. That's what adults do. Um, can't have fun. Oh my god, that makes me so mad. I know that was just a joke, but like when I th- when I apply it to where I work and to the people and some of the people I've worked with, I'm just like, man, you can just never have fun. It's just all about working until you fucking die. Anyway, uh, so in December we watched, or I watched. Uh, it's been a while since I've watched it, but I rewatched The Matrix. Still good, still fun. Good movie. So 
The reason being is so that we, me and Colt, were able to watch Matrix Resurrections, which was also a fun time. It was it was actually really good. It was yes, really sir. fun. The Art House watched it. Me, JoJo, and Cannon, we watched the first three, and then we watched Matrix, and we we had a good time rewatching them, and we enjoyed the the new ones. So definitely check it out. I mean. I thought it was funny how the the reactions were like really hot or really cold for it, and it's like okay, we have to watch it. And it was good. Yeah. We enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was <laughs> like I don't really know if I. I mean, I don't know. There, like you know, there's some stuff that you could like. Oh yeah, you know, it's just rehashing some stuff, and uh, like yeah, but it was still a fun time. Uh, freaking um, what's his name? Um, oh my god, he's such a great actor. Uh, Yahya uh, Abdul Mateen the second fucking fantastic i love that dude and he was fucking great as uh morpheus um oh man he was so fun he was such fun i i still love how the canonical reason why lawrence Fishburne morpheus isn't in the movie is because he died in, in, a, in an event in the matrix online game like yeah it's <laughs> just i would say go watch it if you if you're a fan of matrix you'll watch this movie yeah if you liked the sequels to the first matrix you'll like this uh, even though I did not care for the uh, Reloaded, I enjoyed this. But now we're going to talk about a movie that was highly, highly disappointing. Painfully that disappointing. That me and Cole watched. Um, you know, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out my way, what I, what I feel, what I think about it. But I'm, I'm pretty. I don't know. It, it's so, it's still very disappointing. Licorice Pizza, by directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. Like, there's not really much to spoil about it. You know, I won't say too much, but, you know... Um, the movie was directed beautifully. It was it was shot great. The events that happened in it are... There's some really cool stuff that's happened in it. But, trigger warning for pedophilia. It's about a 15-year-old boy fall, uh, that's in love with a 25, maybe 28-year-old woman. Well, twenty. It's twenty something because uh, this isn't a spoiler either. But she const. She's almost constantly changing her age. So twenty something. Um, it's not more so the fact that he's has feelings for a grown woman. It's like she's reciprocating those feelings, but yeah. not real. It's like the beginning of the movie. He asks her out on a date, and she's like, "You're like fifteen, you know? No." And then, like the next scene, she's at the place that he asked her to go out on a date with her, like. If as a person that's 22 years old, I'm assuming this character is older than me uh, in this movie, the thought of even thinking like, haha, I'll humor him is not even there. It's disgusting. I mean, that's what Pat was saying. I know. I was just saying as a 22-year-old, I know, younger you, you, than the person that actually reciprocates. But you, but, but you let up like, like you were like, well, that's not it. Like... I said that's not all. Like, oh, oh, my bad, my bad. Okay, sorry. So you're both in agreement. That's yeah. We're all in agreement uh, here. <laughs> yeah. Now, now I haven't seen it, but I'm, 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 I'm trusting what they say. I, I was just very curious because honestly, Colt and Winslow are pretty much the only people I've heard be negative towards Licorice Pizza. It's been almost unanimous praise, and I'm just sort of curious, like what the disconnect is. Are are other people interpreting it in a different way? I mean, I'm not saying Colt Wenzel's like reviews are invalid or, or anything like that. I'm just sort of until I'm able to see it for itself, I really 
don't know until I uh, watch it personally. But it, it's definitely been interesting to, see, to sort of hear their thoughts outside the show and currently and to see everything else online. It's The way I feel about it is the way I feel about a lot of anime. Like, I'll be enjoying so much anime. I'm like, oh, it's so cool. Boom, a lolly character enters the chat or a 40-year-old man is suddenly a 12-year-old boy and he's a pervert. It just ruins it. It ruins the whole thing, regardless of how good it is. Because it's just a weird fucking, like, all right, if you have this fantasy, like, you're fucking weird. Like, that's, you're you're disgusting. Like, that, that's just what it comes down to. And uh, this, you know, like like they said, it, I mean, if you're an actual, like, I don't know, if, if you're a sane, stable adult or something, I don't know, if you're just a person with sense, um, you know, you wouldn't even... Uh, you wouldn't even, like, entertain, like he said, the idea of just going on this date. But, like, then it, like, literally follows – it literally from there is, like like Pat said, is her, like, kind of reciprocating, you know, this this um, this very just, you know, bad um, idea. And, like, I, I've read – like, because, like, Pat also said, it's, like, if anybody is in the know of films and about Licorice Pizza and Paul Thomas Anderson, you know, it's, like, when this film premiered and everything, it's, like, it was just getting such high praise. Everybody was just – Hyping, hyping, hyping it up. It's so excited. I mean, we were, me and Colt were excited to see it, you know. I mean, we hadn't, we had known that this, um, you know, the, the main, the main characters, one is 15, one's 23, 25, whatever. Um, we had known that, but we were like, okay, maybe, maybe it's going to go in a direction that, like, okay, this is, you know, like, this is where it needs to go. This is where it needs to be. But it didn't, which is why it makes it so fucking disappointing because it's like, okay, this is weird. But then also, too, I do see some reviews talking about it, how it's like, you know, um, people talk about how, like, this relationship, it's not good, it's bad. But then also that's what makes, that's also what the movie is trying to say is, uh, so, like, the title, Licorice Pizza, right? It's it's disgusting. It sounds disgusting, and it is disgusting. That's kind of what it's, a, like, that's kind of what's saying about the whole, the idea, the relationship in general is that this is disgusting? It is disgusting. So, this but movie... it doesn't show that through the actions in the movie. It it ends in a way that hurts it in a lot of ways. But see, that's also another thing too about like with what people have. I say people, and I I kind of see this too. I should mention I like I should put myself in this because that's also where I got from it as well. Is like how it's it's kind of um it's through kind of like rose tinted glasses or whatever, right? Or like you know. It's like it's given this kind of light that is like it's superficial, it's artificial, it's only real or or it only looks good to the between the two characters who are within this world, this this period, this area in the film itself. Everybody else, it's just it's like, you know, it's like the audience. It's like, no, you know, like. To them, to their point of view, yeah. But to us, it's like, no, this is terrible. This is awful. This is disgusting. Because, like, obviously there's a way for a teenager and an adult to have, like, a healthy boundary of a relationship. Impactful in a way that that's not, you know, sexual. Romantic. Or, like, romantic. Yeah. So, like, obviously that can exist. Like, you can have, like, a very healthy platonic friendship. They're not saying that you can't interact with someone that's younger than you in, in any way. It's just, obviously there's, there's like, a, a way to do it. And I don't know, it's like you said, it's like how it's presented 
And like, I definitely don't think every movie should be like a morality play. Like, you should be allowed to present certain things just to present them. But of course, you know, that's a very contentious point, depending on who you are. Because obviously, I don't know PTA's is like thought process here. So how much of it is him just like taking a story, throwing it out there, and just letting people judge for themselves? I don't know. That's one way of doing things. And like, since I haven't seen it, I, there's only so much I can judge. Just like watching sort of the critical reaction around the film has just been like this weird kind of little thunderstorm off on the side of film Twitter. But like I'd say go watch it if you're any curious about it. Uh, yeah. Just know it ha- it deals with some weird stuff. Uh, if, you're a, if you're a PTA fan, go watch it. Uh, that's why I've been telling everybody in our group, friend group, is um, to decide, you know, go watch it, decide for yourself, see what we're see what we're talking about because that's honestly how it, that's what it comes down to is you have to see it for yourself kind of because like just hearing about it you're you're uh, like i can understand how you think like it, it could be worse than what they're saying yeah it could be worse than what we're saying too as well it's all down to how you saw view it uh in the end bradley cooper was awesome that's all bradley I know. cooper was in it <laughs> bradley cooper was a fun time uh it, he was not in it for that long either but god he, he just, stole that show he stole he it and he rode it. Um, I, and I should say too, the performances were, you know, all of them were pretty good. I, I, I think, um, so the lead, uh, the lead female, uh, Alana Heim, she's part of the, the band, um, her and her sisters, the Heim sisters, they're part of Heim. Her sisters are also in the film as well. You know, I think as an acting debut, it wasn't too bad. It was actually pretty good. No, they were, she was a good actress. And, uh, so was the, uh, the guy that played the kid. Cooper Hoffman. Yeah, he was good too. He reminded me of uh, James Gandolfini's son. It was weird. Oh, you, you, the funny thing is, I was really about to say I thought the kid in Licorice Pizza was James Gandolfini's son. I, I guess it just might be the haircut, <laughs> maybe kind of in the build overall. <laughs> the kind of the build, I was like, I could see that. He, he's like you know, like kind of a stocky kid. But you know, it's funny because he's uh, uh, he's the son of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, yeah. I was not I didn't, aware. I, I didn't realize that until, like, I was like, Hoffman. I was like, that sounds like an actor's name. It's like, well, Philip Seymour Hoffman, yep. He does look oh, like wow. Philip Seymour Hoffman. I he wonder why. He does look like Philip, well, yeah. That tracks, you know, I wonder why the son looks like the father. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. Well, hey, you know, there's worse movies that he could have made his debut in, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, Mazel, I hope he does good things going forward. If acting is what he chooses to do. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, that so like other than that, that's kind of it, um, movie wise. Um, as in like this year, I've started. Uh, I read completely the first trade, volume one of Department of Truth. Really freaking good. Uh, holy shit, it was really fucking good. Um, it's basically where, um, what if you know, like the whole I- sorry, the whole idea of like if a belief is so powerful enough. Or if so many people believe it, then whatever that thing is becomes real. And it's basically that, but rather with conspiracy theories. Um, so, like, if a conspiracy theory is, you know, well-known, very ble- believed enough, then it becomes reality. And there's a department called the Department of Truth that tries to stop it. But also, it's at war with another department that tries to make um, these fictions become reality. It's really freaking good. It's, you know, intelligence agencies, espionage, kind of, sort of, not not too much, but more on the, like, more on the uh, the kind of, not occult, uh, but, like, 
definitely kind of on the um like governmental conspiracies more so yeah 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 and like we follow you know a main character and um following the following this uh you gotta read it, it it's so freaking good um because we, we we talked a little bit of it on the award show we did we did it was uh yeah no there was uh i think my favorite um story in there was uh the one that was specifically centered around um a mother who loses her child to a school shooting. It was really freaking good. Um, so I think, like, in terms of, like, its applicability to, like, actual, like, issues and stuff and, like, you know, getting you thinking about, like, conspiracy theories and, like, people who, like, follow and believe this shit. It's, like, it's kind of, like, like you can really see it and apply it. Um, yeah, I it's really freaking good. Continuing from Wenzel's book, I'm going to go to my books. I've been reading a good bit. Uh, first off of the year, not really the first thing of the year, but I finished it on the like thirtieth. Uh, was a uh, monster. I finished the monster manga. It's an all timer right there, baby. Now you saw you are a insane writer. I love you. I'm so excited to continue reading Mastery Keaton. That's what I'm currently reading. I've only read one volume so far, but I'm enjoying it. Uh, but in between Monster and Mastery Keaton, I decided I've had these sitting on my shelves for like five months now. I'm going to read, I'm going to read all of Invincible, and I did that. Uh, it took like a week and a half, and I finally finished all 144 and then more issues of it. Because you have the, the three giant like library editions, right? Yeah, the compendiums. It w- I do not regret it at all. It was an absolute blast. Uh, I would say if you've seen the show and you like it, read it as well. Because it's almost like it's two completely different stories, almost. It's like uh, the alternate universes uh, shit that's going on. Because uh, there's, there's stuff that takes place in the show that doesn't happen until, like, issue 50-something. Or it doesn't wrap up to issue 50-something. But also, the show only takes up, like, the first ten issues of the comic as well. It's weird how they decided to approach it. Because it's been so long since I've read the first story arc with, like, Omni-Man and everything in, in Invincible... But I knew one thing that was definitely from a much later portion was when Battle Beast showed up and beat the fuck out of Mark. Yeah, yeah. Like, Battle Beast is, like, one of the... It's, like, a huge, like, prominent, like, fight and character that shows up, like, toward, like, the latter part of the series. Probably one of the most brutal, visceral fights I've ever heard about or seen in a comic book was with Battle Beast. I'm so excited for whenever that gets animated in, like, six years. Battle Beast <laughs> lives for the the fight. His whole bit is, I do not care. This fight sucks. You suck at fighting. I'm gonna go f- do something else because I want to fight someone strong. <laughs> what a fucking. So if like you're not putting up enough of a fight, he'll just leave you there. Man, what a bit. And also the Viltrumites, they are the most cop motherfuckers you'll ever meet. I <laughs> love it and like hate it at the same time. It's so fucking cool and funny. Like, uh, oh my god. They are so, pick up that piece of trash, and if you don't pick up that piece of trash, I'm going to beat you within an inch of your life. <laughs> they are insane. Very much a might-makes-right type of society. Yeah. I can't say much without spoiling it. You meet the most, the coolest named person in pretty much anything ever. Uh, you'll, I imagine you'll see him in, like, season two of Invincible, but uh, he his name, I said it in the chat, Smokes three packs a day wearing a leather jacket 
It's so fucking cool. It was so funny because when I was talking to Cole, I was like, because I said the name and I and he was like, that's him. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, you know, we won't say it here, but Pat knows. Pat knows who it is as well because you do, you do actually see him in uh, season one. I, I'm def- definitely very excited whenever Invincible comes back because it's like it has some of the craziest fights I've seen in comic book. Because Ryan Otley went the fuck off. Yeah, drawing. there was like a weird quality jump. Like after f- issue fifty, he said, "You know, what? I'm just gonna have fun." And just made everything look absolutely insane. Because um, Ryan Otley has recently jumped to Marvel in the last year or two. And he, he did a run on Spider-Man as the main artist. That book looked great. He's currently the interior artist for the, the new ongoing Hulk comic. Yep. And I was like, fuck. I, he's good. You know, Ryan Otley is known for his, like, his visceral, like, gore and fights. So, like, to see, to, to see it jump to... From what we know, Marvel violence to be to like Ryan Hotley violence is like, oh fuck, they're just letting him go hog in this uh, <laughs> book. Which you know, by all means, let the man do what he's good at. I, I don't imagine I'll ever get Invincible Wild, but if it does, I need to see what the fuck's going on there. So yeah, I definitely echo that recommendation because uh, I've loved it, just about every book that Ryan Hotley's been on. And Robert Kirkman is nothing if not prolific. He he wrote Invincible and Walking Dead at the same time, which is crazy to think. I really like uh, Robert Kirkman's writing. I've never I haven't read the comics uh, of his, but with Invincible, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very fun and good. I don't really understand the hatred for him, but that. Like I said, I haven't read The Walking Dead. I guess it could be how Walking Dead ended, because I know how The Walking Dead ended, and I think it just fizzled. Unlike Invincible ending uh, bright as it started. Well, and plus there's like, I know with The Walking Dead, like there was some meta shit. Well, not, I mean, no, maybe not maybe the meta shit's the right word. But like there's, there was some bullshit that happened because part of the g- gimmick with Walking Dead was kind of like shock. It could end at any time or people die suddenly, you know, whatever. But apparently what had happened was the book ended two issues before its solicitations did. So basically solicitations are the things that come out to let comic book stores and purchasers know when to order. Because you know, everybody orders books like a few months in advance. So the solicitations for the book went for two more issues. I mean, people were kind of like preemptively buying this issue. But then in order to preserve this mystery... Ryan Kirkman like put out like fake things to solicitation companies. So when it ended, people were like, "Wait, what the fuck? Is there still two more issues coming?" He's like, "Nah, this is this is real to the end. Surprise." The thing is, the way it ended, it's just like nothing. It ended in a way that it had more set up. That's why I honestly think he did have those two issues, and he just said, "Fuck it, I don't feel like it." I mean, you know, when you write a book for over ten years, like I can see how you're ready. To- to let it go, but I don't know. I fell off Walking Dead, the comic, you know, a long time ago, so who knows how it actually, how it ended, but um, I know he's done a lot of stuff, so uh, take your pick, you know, see uh, if you like him to see what else he's done. He's done a lot, let me tell you. His, I think his current ongoing book is called Firepower. Yeah, which is about, yeah, yeah. I will say, I, I don't know much about the, the book um, outside of like a free comic book issue, but the art is top-notch because Chris Somney is doing the interiors for it. And he was the interior artist for 
one of my favorite runs of Daredevil, which was the uh, Mark Wade tenure of the series, and he did most art for it and looks phenomenal. And but I, I think Paolo Rivera did the first part of Mark Wade's run. Like that's a great run too. That's what really clenched my love of Daredevil after reading like a lot of different stuff. But that's a great superlative run of Daredevil too. So check that out. Pat recommends. Pat recommends. Hell yeah. But yeah, it's all I've been reading. But I have one more thing before we go. I'm surprised Wendell didn't bring it up. Is we played the last release of uh, Dark Pictures House of Ashes on the the first day of the year too. I never played that. All right, that's it, guys. Uh, I'll see you next year. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no. On the first day, we, yeah, we played it. Uh, it only took like four hours, but it was a blast. It was so fun. Um, yeah, because we, you know, we we planned to play it like for Halloween or something, but uh, something oh, happened. Man, surprise! I got a job and it fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying that. Um. And uh, so, yeah, we, Colt was like, like, you're off. Like, you want to play Dark Pictures? And I was like, you know what? I was just about to suggest that. So we played it, and it was batshit fucking wild. It was probably, it's it's my, no, it's my favorite of the Dark Pictures anthology. It's so freaking good. And uh, it let's just, I'm not going to spoil it, but it takes a turn that I was not expecting at all. And uh, it was a great turn. It was a great turn, and honestly, they just need to go butt fucking wild like that more often because it was a f- it was awesome. It was real cool. Um, so if you don't know, House of Ashes, it takes place in two thousand three, Iraq War, uh, and um, you play like you play as multiple characters, and you're having to, you're basically going into a village to look for um, WMDs, weapons of mass destruction, and things obviously take a turn because you end up in an underground ancient underground complex and there's possibly demons monsters pazuzus pazuzu if anybody has seen the collector's edition of it you you, you kind of already know there's pazuzu okay n- n- now that you you said that um that I'm, I'm remembering seeing pictures of like that collector's edition with like the demon statue and all that other stuff it's pretty sick it's a sick design uh sick monster pazuzu and let's just say Winslow 9 did such a good job uh, we had almost the whole squad die. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was about to say, is Colt about a lie? No, he just told, told the truth. Yeah, we only, like, so, you know, one of the big things about these is that you try to keep the the entire, like, cast, not the entire cast, but, like, so, like, there's the main characters, the main cast characters that you try to keep alive. We only had two survive. And we almost did not make it at the very end. Almost. It's possible it, that, like, you have no survivors. that that ending was pretty damn tough uh because it has those quick time events and they're so fast um oh man so you have like a a, like a squad that there's like permadeath in the game for your like secondary characters there's no secondary uh like if you die you're die there's no loading a save it saves automatically on death so it's like fuck you you fucked up, kid. Oh shit! Yeah. So you can't just like turn off and like re- reset. No. No, you would have to. If you did, you would have to replay the entire story again. Oh shit! Yeah. They're playing for keeps. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um. So like, if a character dies, then the story adjusts so that you you will play the rest of the game without that character. 
I'm going to go ahead and say this for everyone out there. Cut the fucking rope. Just cut the rope. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I was. I kept telling Cole. I was like, Cole, I know it's going to suck, but let me tell you, I made this girl fucking hate you, forget about you. We're not married anymore. Just cut the rope. Okay? Just cut the rope. She already let you go. Just cut the rope. And then Colt kept like, oh my God, Colt was, was being such a- It was a funny bit. Colt was being such a stinker. So, okay, there's two characters in there, not spoilers. There's two characters in there that are- we're, they're technically married, but they're also not. They're they're kind of, you know, they're separated, and they meet up again for the first time in like months or something. And I I, I made my character, so I played the woman. I made her, um, just you know, just be completely over him, just be done with him. And but then Cole kept fucking saying like, "I miss you, babe." I'm Please so, come back. I miss like, you. I, I was like, "Oh my god, are you serious?" It was oh, it was so funny. <laughs> oh my gosh! And the, you know, I don't know. Sometimes it's fun to be a, just an absolute stinker, but sometimes the choices just like suck. They're just all- race. There was a guy in there that was just racist, uh, just a hundred percent. And I'll say he- that. And you know what? That's 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 how people were uh, now and then. <laughs> and he was one of the survivors at the end, so that's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was. That well, it wasn't just him. <laughs> there yeah. was another guy who was. It was racist. the guy he was being racist towards. <laughs> yeah, that's the other survivor. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but definitely. Oh my gosh! Definitely give it a chance. Uh, I still think Until Dawn is my is my number one favorite, but this this is second. This is really fun, really good time. Truth, truth. The art house needs to play these. Uh, we, we definitely like want to because we've been trying to work up to playing games together, and because uh, we already have Resident Evil Eight on the on the table we're gonna pass it off like we did with resident evil 7 so we definitely want to have some co-op games uh to play together as a family also i did want to say before we wrap up for today i did want to talk about 2021 a little bit more and go over our top 10 episodes for last year and um before i get to them i did want to ask colt wenzel were there any episodes from last year you think would be on our top 10 one you might already know i mean the ultraman one easily yeah, Ultraman. Um, Any others you might think would be in the would break the top ten? Uh, fuck. Uh, maybe like something Marvel or Disney related. Maybe I don't know. I was gone for like such a huge fucking portion of the year. I didn't leave. I was just literally working at a shitty job. <laughs> uh, let's find out. Our top ten episodes for 2021 was number ten. Episode 193, New Year's Banter, the first episode of that year. Oh, hell yeah. Nice. Number nine was episode 205, Films of the Monsterverses, where we broke down the three Monsterverse movies before the release of Godzilla vs. Kong. I miss it. We haven't watched one in so long. And then episode number eight, uh, eighth best episode of the year, was episode 214, the Taco Bell Value Menu Taste Test. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. Probably one of the most fun taste tests, but also one of the most nerve wracking for me as a host. But it, it was a, it was a lot of fun. That and that was probably like on all of our list for our favorite shows that we did last year. Uh, the seventh best episode was a century viewing number one, Pulp Fiction. Oh. oh wow, okay, yeah, they had a huge jump in like not for nothing. Um, the Back to the Future episode was actually our forty second best episode of twenty. 
2021. Nice. Okay. I'll take that. The sixth Beth episode was non-canon files spring 2021 anime review. Anime reviews always do well. God bless them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the anime reviews. For like reference on that show, we talked about Way to House Husband, Yorin, The Princess of Blood and Snow, To Your Eternity, Godzilla Singular Point. Like that was a pretty stat uh, winter season. Uh, ep- the fifth best episode was episode 194, Would You Rather For. I think that's probably our longest one, too. I know we did. We took a break during that one. Yeah. All right. Number the fourth best episode was Nine Cannon Falls. Oh, excuse me. I said that wrong. Uh, spring 2021 was the sixth best. The winter 2021 was the fourth best episode. Oh, uh, okay. So, yeah. So that had uh, Jobless Reincarnation, So I'm a Spider, Wonder Egg. Also, the worst anime we've probably seen since we've done an anime review, X-Arm. Fuck. Yeah. You mean the best <laughs> anime we've ever seen? Okay. Uh, I uh, don't know what you're talking about. Jury's out on that one. And the third best episode of the year was the Caging Greatness preview episode. Nice. God bless. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah, still going strong over on Caging Greatness. Uh, the second best episode of the year was Fast and Furious Falls number three, where we covered Tokyo Drift and the 2009 Fast and Furious. And by a significant margin, almost three times the the second place, far and away our best episode of 2021 was the Ultraman special where I sat down with David of Saved by the Bell, y'all, an atrocious Ultraman podcast, and we talked about Ultraman for an hour. And you could, if you told me that this was going to be our best episode, of not only of the year, but in the entire history of the show... I probably would have slapped you because there was I was not expecting that to have outside of just like regular plays for the week. But holy shit, y'all came out in force for this episode. Thank you. God bless Thank you. I mean, hell yeah. Like, I would have never expected that either, but you're not. We appreciate it um, tremendously because this episode was huge in Southeast Asia. Like, like Malaysia is now like in our top listing countries and our on our leaderboard like it's insane so thank y'all so much hell yeah to all our malaysian fans and to uh fans in general just like a little bit of behind the scenes for the year like our belgium is now because uh, malaysia is now our n- number three most listened for the year belgium uh germany is our number two most listened uh country for the year what we big in germany yeah, there was some point during the year where we had a huge influx of listens from Belgium, specifically Brussels, Belgium. Okay, thank you, Brussels. And uh, God bless Columbus, Ohio, our fans in the Midwest, because y'all came out and forth to listen to us. Uh, we appreciate the hell out of y'all. Y'all actually listened about four times as often as our hometown base did, so uh Thank y'all. First stop on the AYC8's world tour. Yeah. Columbus, Ohio. If, you, Columbus, Ohio. if you're comfortable with like reaching out, like who the fuck do we know? Do we know anybody there? Just message us. Uh, tell us if you're fucking from Ohio because the only people I know that live there are Tigers. I, I do know we have a mutual a podcast that's mutual follow that's in Ohio that I, I'm i into talks with. So um, I think it's just regular Colombians in Ohio that are listening. So, whatever it is, we have a market out there. So, thank y'all so much. But change your name. 
Columbus. Columbus was a piece of shit. Change it. Yeah, change it to like Fortnite. <laughs> Fortnite, Ohio. Fortnite, Ohio. Actually, that'd be kind of cool. That'd be badass, actually. Without a doubt, 2021 was our best year ever of the show. Thank you all so much. We, It was literally about almost three times our high water mark, which was in 2019. So it's insane. Like most plays, most downloads, most likes, most reposts. Like it's insane. We... Like we can't thank y'all enough. I mean, we're we're, we're just a little dog and pony show from Central Alabama, but we're so grateful that y'all listen on a weekly basis. Y'all go back to our our huge archive. It really does mean the world for us. I, this is just a silly little show, but thank y'all so much for listening. We hope you continue to listen from 2022 and beyond. We have a lot more coming for you this year. We have our 250th episode right around the corner. We can see it down the line. That's that's going to be big for us. And our fifth anniversary, like literally five years, we've been a show consistently. That's insane. And it's all it's all thanks to to y'all. You know, you, you definitely help give us energy to keep going. Granted, we would we would just talk into the void anyway because we like to talk and bullshit. But it's always better when we know there's someone out there that's picking up what we're putting down. Hell, one of the people at the wedding I went to was talking JoJo's ear off about how much they enjoyed the show. So hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Man, I wish JoJo was here now to see how far we've come. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, JoJo's actually bringing back their old bit of being a ghost. Oh, rest, shit. Rest, rest, rest. Rest in peace. Rest, rest in peace. peace. Yeah, rest in peace, JoJo. We'll see you next week. All right. Well, uh, thank you all so much for listening. We had a great time just getting back into the swing of things for 2022. Uh, we have a lot more coming for you uh, down the pipe, so don't worry about that. There's Have no fear. We have stories for years. Yep. So be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe wherever podcasts are found. SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, one of all those. Check us out. Give us a like, a rate, review. Keeps us high in the algorithm. Gets in front of these people. We always appreciate you when you do it. Follow us on our socials, on Twitter and Instagram, AYC's Podcast, and Letterboxd and Facebook at All You Can Hear. And lastly, you can follow me, Patrick, on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at John Lost His Name. My name, Colt. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Colt D zero zero. Uh, Patrick, this is sudden, I know, uh, but I just saw a screenshot of a YouTube video that says Riverdale All Seizures compilation. What is that? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, listen, I'm I'm going on my Riverdale series because I literally explained one plot point from beginning to end to the art house of the day, and I fried their brains. I, I have to get It's like poison in my body. I have to get it out on the air. It's coming 2022. Pat talks Riverdale. Prepare your ass. Full diapies incoming. I mean, we can't stop you, so hell yeah. I'm Wenzel. Thank you for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Wenzel Wilkie. Follow my art Instagram at World of Wenzel. Go to my link tree. Have a Goodreads. Letterbox, where I, you know, books, movies, respectively, talk about, maybe, review them. Um, but yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you. Goodbye. Without any further ado, I must bid you goodbye, Mwah! and good night. Bang!